great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. I hope wherever you are, uh, if you're in the Western New York area, you are staying safe and warm uh, and off the highways in some parts of yeah. town as, as this thing is getting kind of shut down. It's it's crazy, Ryan. I, we were just talking about this before we started. I live in the North Towns. It, it looks like a, a dusting almost. I mean, some people that are living in like the Tonawandas, Kenmore area, almost like it hasn't snowed at all. The, the snow melted already. And then you see the videos of what people are going through in the South Towns, Hamburg, uh, West Seneca, Lancaster. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's insane right now because you said it best. In some spots, it's just snow has poured on these areas. And uh, where I'm at, Olean, you know, Olean's, we're not near a lot of water or anything like that. We don't usually get hit hard, but it's like a dusting. Roads are clear. There's just a little bit of snow on the ground. Some places it's already melted. Uh, but then you look at the pictures that the Bills shared today on social media, and it's just the stadium is absolutely covered. Uh, and you can see why this game was moved, Matt. This is the Shout Football Podcast. If this is the first time that you're joining us, thank you and welcome. If there's any Browns fans that may be coming on to get a view from the other side, uh, welcome in. It's a safe space. Bills fans are awesome. The comments section is always enjoyable. So hit that like button, subscribe as well. And right now you can enter for a chance to win $1 million. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. Um, I want to start with just the scenario and how this has kind of played out over the course of the last 36 hours, the bills working with local authorities, state authorities, the NFL uh, to take this game from Buffalo and move it all the way to Detroit Ford field. And now it's going to be a completely different scenario, how it happened. We have you covered uh, with all the details up at the website. Tickets are on sale. Now, Uh, if you had tickets for the game, you're going to get refunded. They're going to do a separate transaction for all the tickets in Detroit. But the Bills now go from potentially a weather game in Orchard Park to now a dome stadium in Detroit at Ford Field. Advantage Bills, Ryan? Advantage Bills in a big time way. Listen, if this was a weather game uh, in Orchard Park at Highmark Stadium, I would have really liked the Browns in this game, Matt. You have Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the game right now, arguably the best running back. You have Kareem Hunt as that change of pace guy. And in Buffalo, yes, you have Josh Allen. Yes, I believe in Devin Singletary. Uh, But that one-two punch in Cleveland in a snow game, I would have really liked that for them. You go to a dome, though, and yeah, advantage Bills, advantage Josh Allen. No elements to worry about. Uh, he's going to be able to throw the ball around to Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis and company. They can run their traditional offense. So I, I think in a way, minus the the turf uh, issues that a lot of uh, NFL players have been bringing up in the last week or two, Matt, I think this is a big time advantage, Bills. What do you think? Yeah, and I think that one of the things that when the weather 
you know, becomes a factor. It takes away from who you want to be. And I think that the getting out of that scenario and into a dome stadium allows the bills to work on exactly, you know, what they want to improve upon, right? This offense has been really, really good for a lot of games over the last couple of weeks. And I know that they only have two wins. They got to figure out how to get things going in the second half. So being in a dome, I know that the turf is its own little issue. And we can talk about that in a minute. Tredavious white, ruled out already. He will not make his season debut. Obviously, you, you, you have to start to wonder if that has anything to do with the field that they're going to be playing on because that's one of those services. We, you know, you had pointed out uh, earlier, uh, I think it was yesterday, that this is one of those services where you just do not want to put a guy that's dealing with any type of uh, anxiety with, uh, you know, playing on that surface. And there's a lot of Bills players that are dealing with that across the league. It's not just Bills players. Gabe Davis put out a tweet about the turf. But if you look at uh, across the league, there's a lot of people that are calling for a lot of these stadiums to change that playing surface. And, and that's going to be something that I think that the Bills consider. You want to put Tredavious White in the best possible spot. Uh, they haven't said that that's what, the, what was the reason why he's not playing. But it probably makes a little sense that you don't want to make have him make his debut here. But the problem is, Ryan, next week it's the same <laughs> Same field, field same, same place. <laughs> Yeah, it is the the problem for uh, rolling out Trey White and when that's going to be. And listen, you can't uh, once you get him on the field, you can't pick and choose when he's going to play. Once they debut him, you can't take him off the field for a week because of the turf or things like that. But I, I get not wanting to debut him on those types of surfaces. And I think the Jets and the Giants have already gone on record saying they're going to change the turf mm-hmm. uh, on, in 2023. So at least some teams are taking note of this and, and taking it seriously. Hopefully the lions, the saints, some of these other teams follow suit and and they get rid of the turf. It's not good for players. It's easy for that turf to get caught in the cleats for those injuries to take place. Um, So that's the one downside of this game. And yeah, I I gave Davis, like you mentioned, tweeted about it or put something out there in social media in general. There's not going to be a perfect scenario, I guess, for a game like this when you have to move it 72 hours or so uh, before game time. It's, It's just how it works, how it goes. And for the Bills, though, just playing in this dome service, though, I, I think in a matchup against a run first team like the Browns, it certainly works in their advantage. I want to start with the whole injury outlook for this Bills team, because there's a couple things that I think are at play here, you know, starting with the guys that aren't going to be available. We mentioned Tredavious White already. Tremaine Edmonds dealing with that groin injury that he tweaked. Last week against the Vikings, he's been ruled out, as has uh, Greg Rousseau, who's still in that week-to-week with that high ankle sprain. He will not play. And those are two guys that, when you're going up against a team that has a good run game, Ryan, you want those two guys on the sure. field. And and we saw what happened in the second half last week. Sean McDermott said it this week. They were doing a pretty good job against the run and Dalvin Cook and uh, you know that offense in general. When Trude- And when Tremaine Edmonds went out of the game, everything kind of changed. Now, with Edmonds situation the bills go out and do what we talked about on wednesday's show they 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 claim aj klein off of waivers from the bears he's on kind of a vet minimum uh deal not something that they were going to struggle to fit underneath their cap and so they bring him in and brandon bean was kind of you know very vanilla about it like he's a depth guy doesn't know if he's going to play this week sean mcdermott kind of the same thing he says we'll see if he'll have a role this week it's a lot he hasn't practiced one single time with the bills this season yet he's played in four games this year ryan 18 snaps that's all he's played so is does he have the conditioning to go out there and have like a real role for this defense and i know that there's some angst about tyrell dotson more so probably terrell bernard 
but he had to kind of come in cold off the bench last week. I think with a week of practice, we can talk about that a little bit too, because it's not really a week of practice. <laughs> with the illness that ran through the team on Wednesday, the Bills didn't practice in uh, only individual stuff. They had a full practice Thursday and then virtual today because uh, of the weather situation in Orchard Park and Hamburg. So even if they would have had him in for a day to practice, I think it still would have been a pretty big ask. I'm still expecting Dotson on Sunday. And I think that's a fair expectation. I think AJ Klein, as the year goes on, can come in and spell a guy like Tremaine Edmonds can come in when they want to run a three linebacker set. But to have him come in uh, off of waivers and play when you mentioned it, he's he's averaging just slightly over four snaps per game uh, in the four games that he's played this year, four games, 18 snaps. So it's a big ask to say, hey, come in and start for us. Edmonds not isn't going to play. Uh, Dodson, though, you know, I, I know he got beat on some crossers last week. He got beat in coverage at times. He's shown, though, in, in certain games where he knew he was going to be starting, like you just mentioned, he's shown up. He's made some plays. He's been pretty solid for this team. Uh, it's obviously a, a little bit of a drop down from Edmonds when you when you go into your depth guys like Dodson and, and Bernard when he had the opportunity was a big drop down. But I, I think Dodson will be more than OK in this matchup, more than OK if he has to suit up on Thanksgiving in the starting role against the Lions. Uh, then you're hoping to get Edmonds back shortly thereafter if he's not available for Thanksgiving. Uh, but I, I think they'll be okay in that scenario. But yeah, in, in due time, A.J. Klein will, will have his role, have a presence, play and run support, maybe blitz the quarterback. The, the Bills kind of unlocked him last year in terms of what his best role was. Obviously not in coverage, not playing heavy amount of snaps. Uh, but it was just a good depth acquisition at a time where you're trying to get as much talent on this roster as you can to make that playoff push. A lot of stuff here about Tredavious White. Uh, and we were talking before this because this is more of a Cleveland Browns specific preview show. And I know Trey's not playing and we could probably dive into this a little bit, but I kind of like to save that for, for next week and focus in on the game here. We'll talk about, um, you know, the game after the game on, on Sunday. And we'll get, I think we'll get more into that next week or we can get into it now, Ryan. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot, it seems a lot of be a lot of interest, uh, I put out a, a pretty long thread on Tredavious White. Um, and, you know, I, I like to kind of go with what the comments are talking about. So maybe we should talk about it now. So White is going to be out uh, again this week. And so I put out a thread today and there was, I kind of set up the picture, right? They opened up his his 21-day practice window. Uh, he returned to live practices the week of the Chiefs game. So if you count that by weekend, he's now had five full practice weeks. If you want to count this week as a full practice week. Also the Chiefs week, not a full practice week because he was just getting ramped up. So really probably only three and a half weeks of practice. Something that Sean McDermott said recently um, about, you know, the training camp model, like guys coming back from the offseason, getting a chance to not only in training camp, but really the spring period where you have five or six weeks to get ramped up there, hit the offseason workout program, then come back and have more weeks of practice. Tredavious White didn't get any of that. So I always thought that there was a really good chance that when they brought him back and, and opened his window and then activated him, he was going to need a little bit of a runway where if, if he wasn't available right away, it wasn't going to surprise me. Now there's a lot of angst and like, like just not understanding why, you know, he, he's been made active. He's on the active roster and he's week by week is going by and he's not playing. And, um, there seems to be a growing level of frustration with that, which I understand. Um, what are your thoughts on? I got some more thoughts, but what what are your what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I'm in that camp where I'm not overly shocked by the the point that he hasn't been playing at this 
uh, yet for the Bills. He hasn't made his 2022 debut. And it's a different player. It's a different skill set. But look at someone like Odell Beckham Jr., Matt. He was cleared last week, and he's no, he's not on a team right now. But he uh, or someone close to him told Jay Glazer he doesn't plan on signing anywhere until after Thanksgiving. So you're going to have at least two weeks go by since the point he's been cleared. And then whoever he signs with, he's probably going to need a few weeks to get into mm-hmm. game shape, to get uh, uh, knowledge of the playbook. You're talking four, maybe five weeks after being cleared, a month, month and a half maybe, before he uh, even sees the field this season. Where Trey White is coming off of the ACL, playing the cornerback position where I'm not saying it's easier to come off of an ACL as a wide receiver, but you're going forward. You're not backpedaling. You're not having to um, make some of the same I, I mean, wide receivers do cut. Don't get me wrong, but some of the same type of movements that a wide receiver has to make. I think it's harder for a cornerback in those situations. So I'm not shocked that he has not made his debut yet. I think that when fans saw him get activated off the pup list, they thought best case scenario, he's going to be out there in a week or two. He might be out there against the Packers, the Jets, this, that, or the other. You know, they had to activate him off the pup by a certain point in time. They had to give him that time to get into uh, game shape and get, you know, get back acclimated. So while I think a lot of fans wanted the immediate returns on that, him on the field, it's just not usually how it works. He needs that, as you mentioned, training camp period that game shape area where you can be in great shape but you're not in nfl game shape you're not gonna be ready to be out there on the field so in due time he's going to make his debut i know fans in the comments and on social media is he done is he gonna play uh is it is it physical is it mental i've seen it all patience is what the bills fans need to have right now and i understand how difficult that can be after a two-game skid here losing to the jets losing to the vikings but the Bills are doing what's right by Trey White. Trey White's doing what's best for him. He's going to debut when he is ready and when the team feels he is ready. So I want to get into, there was a piece of all of this that's kind of um, been kind of like a subtopic on social media about like potentially some mental health issues with uh, Trey White, like uh, mental obstacles, mental challenges and trying to return to the field. And I, and I think that's a little bit presumptuous. To, to go that direction. So Sean McDermott was asked a legitimate question by Jay Skursky on Monday and asked, is it physical or is this maybe more of a mental thing? Because a couple of weeks ago, when we talked to Trey in that, in that media scrum, he was asked about that. And I thought his answer then was there's been both challenges, but it's been more about the physical. And he's talked about getting his body to feel right. And Sean immediately backed up and was like, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to talk about whether it's mental or physical. And I think a lot of fans took that as him saying that there might be a mental issue. Trey White didn't say that. Like, I'm not willing to kind of go down that road yet and say that there's any real mental hurdles from all the conversations that I've had with with people, like with his teammates, he's in great spirits. From what I can see with my own two eyes, he's in great spirits around the facility. He's he's making progress in terms of what we can see in individual work. Stefan Diggs talked about a, a rep with him a couple weeks ago. And I think that the thing that fans are not also not understanding is, you know, that, that I've seen a lot of this. Why not just put him back on IR then if he's not ready? First of all, who, what do you need that roster spot for? Who's who's somebody that's that's on the practice squad right now that you're just dying to have on the active roster? There really isn't anybody. There's not another cornerback. The Bills have been able to slow play this like this because of the depth that they have at the position. Christian Bentford, you'd like him to make that play, put a hit on Dalvin Cook. But I thought he played a pretty good game for a rookie cornerback against that offense, against that team. He made some big time plays in that game. And that's what you're asking these young guys to do. They believe in these young guys that they have, Dane Jackson's been really solid. Kyrie Elam, he was out last week, but 
the point remains, if you put Tredavious White on IR, Ryan, if say he's not ready by the Packers game or the Jets game, and you're like, oh, all right, we need that roster spot. We'll put him on IR. That's four more weeks he can't practice. You're basically just almost washing potentially all the work you just did to get him right. This was always going to be the path back to playing. And I just think it's, it's just so, and, and I know what it's born out of. It's born out of frustration. Like you mentioned, the fact that they've lost two games, the defense has not looked good at times, you know, coming off this last game when Justin Jefferson just does what he does. And, you know, a couple missed spots for some of the uh, secondary players, you, you, you want to rush it back, but the bills are not going to do that. They're not, they've proven at this point, they're comfortable in their own process. They're not going to rush a guy back. And, and I don't think you should want to, because we're still, Weeks away from when I think you really are going to need them. Like that stretch against the AFC East where you got to win those games, December, January. And like a lot of fans pointed out to me on social media, you want them to be playing for you if you're playing in February too. Yeah. And in the famous words of Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice. If there's one player that needed practice to get ready for the field, it's Trey White. And a move to the IR, as you said, eliminates that opportunity. It's something where, well, he's practicing. He's out there with the guys. You see him. The media is taking pictures of him or video clips of him. It's all part of getting ready to play when it really matters most. And for the Bills, if it's a slow play in their mind, so be it. Because they would much rather have him out there in January and in February uh, when the games really matter and count after having a month, month and a half, two months of practices, whatever it takes to feel him uh, for for him to feel like he's ready to be out there and play at a high level. If the bills can get into the playoffs and and earn a high seat in the playoffs, which I still think they can do without Trey white. And and then you can acquire in in a sense, a number one cornerback to come in and join that roster. Uh, It's only going to be a positive thing for this team. So I understand the frustration of the fan base, but wait it out. The you know the bills know what they're doing the trainers know what they're doing and obviously trey white knows what he's doing shout a buffalo football podcast hosted by matt perino and ryan talbot let's talk a little bit about nick chubb here for a second sean mcdermott said you just put on the tape of this guy and it just pops i mean they're they're super physical their offensive line is really really good Bills fans are familiar with Wyatt Teller, the one that got away. He's one of the guys that leads the charge up front for them. And Chubb statistically has been dominant this year. He's third in the NFL in rushing yards, but Derrick Henry has played one more game than he has. And he has, let me look at this real quick. I had the numbers up. He has 230 carries on the season, Henry. Chubb has 160. So he has 70 less carries and he's only got 100 less yards. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry, which is best among all active running backs in the NFL. And his yard uh, after contact per attempt is NFL behind Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. If you wanted to construct the perfect weapon for the Bills defense at this point in time, it would be Nick Chubb. This is a massive, massive challenge that awaits them on Sunday in whatever the um, you know, playing situation is going to be. It's going to be in a dome, but you get my point. Yeah, well, listen, when, when the word elite gets thrown around, there's a few players that kind of fit into that term of that in the NFL, and elite is Nick Chubb. He is arguably, in my opinion, he is the best running back in the NFL right now. He surpassed Derrick Henry, who was that elite number one guy for many, many years in this league. He's a special talent, Matt. 
You mentioned the yards per carry, the yards after contact. He can do it all. And for the Bills, they're going to have to be stout up front. They're going to have to uh, pretty much be like they were in those first 13 or of the 13 carries that Delvin Cook had where they limited him to about 38 yards. That's the defense that needs to show up on Sunday at Ford Field. They can't be the defense that let up that one rush for 81 yards in the score or have that type of defense show up more than once in that game. Chubb can exploit the very best defenses. He can get those extra yards that don't look like they're there. So the Bills are either, A, going to have to score a lot of points early to make the Browns have to throw the ball more than they wanted to, or B, that run defense is going to have to really show up to play and look more reminiscent to what we saw against the Rams and against the Titans earlier this year where they were shutting everyone down no matter the talent level. I see a comment in here from Alex Barber. Without Greg Rousseau, it'll be, it will not be easy to stop Chubb. That's that's definitely the case. 21 tackles for Rousseau on the season. He leads all Bills defensive linemen in that category. They're going to miss him a lot. Ryan, I think the the best run defense in this game is a really potent and effective offense for the Bills. I think the more points you should, we've talked about this numerous times when they've faced really good running games, is you want to take them out of their game plan as soon as possible. And the best way to do that is to continue doing what they've been doing the last few weeks, getting out to an early lead, scoring points, you know, not settling for field goals, getting touchdowns. Um, I think that they, they it sets up well for them to do that in this game. Uh, Cleveland cornerback Greg Newsom, uh, unfortunately for him, suffered a concussion in practice on Friday and has been ruled out for this game. Um, that's definitely a hit. I know they have Miles Garrett and he's going to be uh, all kinds of problems for the Bills. Uh, but they do tend to do a good job game planning for one game record. They've they've had a lot of practice at it this year. They've faced a ton of them on defensive lines across matchups. So I think, to me, that's one of the things that I'm really looking at in this game is how does Cleveland respond if they go down big early in this game? Yeah, uh, that that's just it. And with Jacoby Brissett still at quarterback in this game, obviously Watson's return coming soon for Browns and Browns fans. He's not a traditional pocket passer. He can use his legs a little bit. He's not someone, though, that strikes fear in you. So if you can build a lead on offense with Josh Allen and company, and you mentioned Newsom being out, I, I think the Bills can kind of early on use the short passing game to keep a guy like Miles Garrett at bay. But when you don't have Newsom on the Browns, you're going to be able to take a few strikes down the field as well and try to hurt them that way. So if Buffalo's offense is firing all cylinders, putting up points, and you force the Browns out of run, run, pass, or run, 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 whatever their game plan is on Sunday, that's only going to help Buffalo in terms of riding the ship, picking up a win, and, and kind of uh, moving on to 7-3 and three and getting ready for a Thanksgiving Day game. So I, I think there's a lot that works in their favor with this move to Detroit. And obviously, the dome conditions not, being, not having to worry about any weather, what happened with Newsom today, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you're a Bills fan. If you if you're searching for optimism, the best way to go about that is taking part in Tops' Christmas bonus program. Tis the season to save on groceries and all of your holiday gifts. Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Markets. Shop at Tops, save $10 at all your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's. Great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings. That new big screen TV you want from Best Buy and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with Christmas bonus from Tops. And for a complete list, 
of available gift card savings. Visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. All right, Ryan Talbot, it's our favorite time of the show. In these preview editions, it is the Value Home Centers, keys to the game. And this week's ad is out over at Value Home Centers. I know that that, uh, that Black Friday ad, it's, it's up there as well. And you're going to have a lot of deals coming up in the next couple of days. Um, if, if you're looking for more details, text VALUE, V-A-L-U, to 80692. Uh, that signs you up for Values text program, and you'll start serve it, saving right now. You'll receive exclusive coupons, see more weekly deals, and so much more. So we're going to start with you, Ryan Talbot. The key, the value key to the game for the Bills. Three words, limit Nick Chubb. Mm. If the Bills can get the the Browns into third and medium situations, that's a win. As long as he's not moving the chains on first down, on second down, and you can get them into those third down snares where you might have to force them to pass, that's going to be advantageous to the Bills. So it's limiting Nick Chubb. And I use the word limit because you're not going to stop him. He's going to get a few chunk plays. He's going to break off some runs. Uh, expecting anything otherwise would be foolish. He, like I said, he is the best running back in the league right now. So he's going to have a few good runs. But if you can limit him for most of the day, that is the key to the game, in my opinion, Matt, for winning this game. I like it, and um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the offensive side of the ball for my key of the game, and it's gonna be all about Josh Allen. You know, he he said all the right things this week about the elbow. Uh, he's managing the injury. He's um, what he's doing in practice is he'll go back to pass. He'll run through the read. He'll do the mental part of it, and then he'll let M- Matt Barkley or Case Keenum come in and throw the ball. The reason he didn't go out early for warmups on Sunday was because he just didn't need the extra throws. He's trying to limit the abuse, if you will, on that, on that right elbow. He feels good. It's, it's trending in the right direction, but he knows he's got to be smart about how he uses it. He's also got to be smart with the football on Sunday. This is a team that all season long, they've been super pesky. They haven't been super good. Uh, they have issues at the quarterback position. I don't, I don't think their defense is necessarily great. They have a great player. They have a couple really good ones. Uh, but I think consistently there's opportunities there. You just can't beat yourself. I agree with 78 Maximilian here in the comments. My key to the game is no turnovers on offense. And more specifically, Josh has smart decision-making. You know, take what's there. Listen, for as, for as much struggles as they had in the second half of games the last couple of weeks, run the ball. Run the ball when you have to. Don't put yourself in situations against a team that, you know, offensively is limited with what they can do and, you know, back your own self up. And that's the kind of thing that I don't want to see them try to do on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. No turnovers for Josh Allen. He's got to prove that he can kind of flip the script on this. He's done a really good job of this in the past, Ryan, of seeing areas of his game where he's struggling and adjust to it. And, you know, I like the screen games too. That's another side piece I want to bring up from Wednesday show. I don't think they should stop with the screens. I really like the screens, but don't do the screens in lieu of running the football at times as well. I still think they want to try to find an active running game. The screens can be part of the passing game. You could call it part of the, whatever you want to do, incorporate it all. A lot of eyes on uh, Ken Dorsey as well this week. Yeah. And you shouldn't go away from the screen game. They've got to figure that out. They've got to get that going. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I think they brought in Naheem Hines is his ability to catch the ball, get him involved in the screen game, get him more involved this week with the Bills shorthanded at wide receiver with Jake Kumara moving to the IR. 
utilize one of these players that you brought in at the trade deadline and you can use him as a traditional wide receiver. You can use him as a screen game uh, in the screen game. Excuse me. I, I think there are chances for the bills to really uh, make an impact in this game and show that they've learned from their previous mistakes uh, and also show that this offense has more wrinkles to it than what has been shown. You know, it's kind of what Von Miller said after last week. I hope teams think that they figured out the Bills. I think the Bills can come out here and deliver a statement after dropping two in a row uh, and really put a beat down on the Browns in this game where they're going to be able to throw the ball as much as they want in the Dome. And I think defensively, too, they're going to play with a little chip on their shoulder after the way things ended for them on Sunday. Jay Kumro is on injured reserve, so he's out for the foreseeable future. Mark has Stevenson. His practice window was opened up this week. Uh, Sean McDermott sounded really positive uh, on him. Uh, and maybe he could be – the Bills only have four other wide receivers yeah. on the active roster. So that could be the reason they haven't made a move there is because they have Marquez Stevenson potentially in line to return. Don't rule out Tanner Gentry. I think that he's somebody – I think Sean mentioned him specifically today on the Zoom – on the illness front, uh, chime in on all the wide receivers, but on the illness front, Isaiah McKenzie was a late addition to that that yeah. group of Ill, uh, Ill players that was five on Wednesday. Then it turned into six when Isaiah McKenzie wasn't in practice on Thursday. So Isaiah Pr- McKenzie hasn't practiced this week uh, outside of that individual work on Wednesday. He's been dealing with an, inj- uh, an illness. So the Bills might have to bring up multiple uh, whether it be Stevenson, whether it be Gentry, uh, we'll see what's going on with McKenzie, but that is definitely something I'm kind of keeping an eye on this week as you know, the bills are, are just down in numbers and that could maybe create an opportunity for Dawson Knox, who I feel like everybody's been waiting for maybe his big breakout game. Yeah. And the one thing about the injury report on Friday is projected injury report, because as you mentioned, they didn't actually practice the good news on McKenzie is he was listed as full. Um, so you would think mm. that he would have been able to handle a full workload. He should be able to practice, but you know, Stevenson, hopefully coming back soon, can help with this wide receiver unit that is suddenly down on numbers. Uh, Tanner Gentry, his wife, posted something about wearing her Brandon Beanie. It's a beanie with Brandon Bean's face on it, hoping that her husband would get elevated this week. He, you know, I, I'm not against that idea. I, I know that he's not someone that has played in the NFL in, in regu- on a regular basis, at least in a few seasons. He played for a little bit with the, the Bears, went to the XFL, and has been with the Bills ever since, and it's been... Uh, few and far opportunities for on this roster, but he has that rapport with Josh Allen. He is more of a traditional slot guy. Uh, I think that he knows the nuances of zones in terms of where to sit down. So I would like to see him get an opportunity on Sunday, even if it's just a handful or a dozen of snaps. Uh, I think that he could help this passing game to a certain extent and and you know provide his knowledge of the game and what he knows against zone versus man, et cetera, and help this offense move the ball too. So they have some options on the practice squad, obviously in the comments here, I've seen the Odell Beckham jr. Comments. Yes. The the more they get hurt by these numbers, the more I think that they might have to enter the uh, Odell Beckham jr. Sweepstakes who a wide receiver who supposedly wants a multiple year deal. You know, that might work out in Buffalo's advantage in terms of how you can work out the contract, the deal, the money, um, but it's also a risk in terms of giving money multiple years over someone that's sustained two ACL injuries. All right, Ryan, prediction time. Uh, I'm going to start us off here. And we this is one of our the most entertaining parts of the show, because every week this has turned into kind of a little bit here because we don't talk about scores, just like we don't talk about Bruno um, ever, hmm. but before the shows. So when we give each other the score here to you guys, our prediction, it's the first time we're each hearing are, are, are each other. So I'm going to start here. I'm going to go Bills 45, Browns 24. All right. We are different. 
I have Bills 34, Browns 17. Okay, so kind of in the same round, but I'm going yeah. for super duper Bills offense. 40 burger. And yeah, and, and the reason why I think that's the case is because I do think that they're – this is the kind of game against a Browns team that has had to make their own adjustments all week. I mean, for as much as the Bills were changing game plans from, you know, maybe playing in a snow game and win game to the Dome, the the Browns have had to do the same thing. Uh, so I think that this is a, a, a spot coming off two losses where they're answering a lot of questions as offenses, despite the fact that at no point have they stopped, uh, you know, scoring points outside of maybe the Jets game. And that was a really, really elite defense. Mm-hmm. I think that they... They're able to, uh, I don't want to say neutralize, but find a way to have some success against Miles Garrett, who I think is going to have an impact on this game in some in some way, some some form. But I think Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, probably the healthiest he's been all season. Dawson Knox potentially, and and finally Naheem Hines. I'm looking at him too. You know, I think that I think he has a chance to finally have a real significant role in this offense. He's had time to kind of be in his playbook. Uh, he was full on Thursday. He got it to run through a full practice and maybe be more of a part of this game plan. So I got the Bills winning big here. Yeah. And again, just imagine how different our score predictions would have been, Matt, if this game took place at Highmark Stadium on Sunday, given the conditions. Uh, I would have gone a lot more low scoring game. I might have even leaned toward the Browns. So this dome, as long as the Bills knock on wood, can avoid in, any injuries on that turf. Everything else works in their favor other than that surface that they're playing on. So uh, this could end up being a blessing in disguise for the Bills. A blessing uh, not in disguise ever. Uh, it is right there in front of your face, and it is one of the blessings of the season. Is the Tops Carry Out Cafe? They will hook you up uh, for game day at, at home, out at the tailgate, wherever you're doing a big spread. Uh, the Carryout Cafe at Tops is perfect for you. Hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizzas, $14. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. The Tops legendary breakfast pizza, $20. Pizza or taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. Ryan, I feel weird right now because. I'm getting ready tomorrow to drive to Detroit. This was our trip. This (laughs) This was our trip. And I feel weird that I'm not driving to pick you up on the way and driving to, but guess what, buddy? We get to do that on Wednesday. So I'm going to drive to Detroit, cover a little Bills Browns, come back and then come swing by on Wednesday, pick you up. And we're going to roll, we're going to roll a four field. So it's a, it's a twin build this week. You know, two trips to Detroit in one week, Matt. What a, what a special gift for you. You know, just don't have any of that deep dish Detroit pizza without me. We'll hit someplace up on Wednesday night and uh, enjoy a slice before or after maybe your uh, appearance on WIVB TV. Wait a second. What's, what's this? What's this deep dish pizza? That's Chicago, bro. No, no, no. Detroit pizza has deep dish. You just wait. You just wait. We're going to enjoy some Detroit pizza on Wednesday. Counting down the minutes. Wow. Big time. Big time news here. All right, everybody. (laughs) Like I said at the top, please stay safe. Have a good weekend. I wish the best to everybody dealing with the elements in different parts of the region that are really getting hit right now. Yeah. Stay safe out there. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Like and subscribe before you go. We'll be back on Sunday. See you then. Shout. 
a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.